Are you a fanatic? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Fanatic Life Podcast. Here are your hosts, John Gunter and Jamie Tipton. Yeah, well, then you can definitely relate to this. And here we go. Welcome, everyone, to episode two of the Fanatic Life Podcast. We're so thankful that you would join us again. We hope you enjoyed episode one. We certainly enjoyed bringing it to you. I had all kinds of feedback and people talking about different parts of the episode, parts that I didn't think much of, but uh, people love the nostalgia, Jamie. They love talking about uh, baseball cards and, and old things, old movies, whatever it is. So I think we, uh, I think we hit something uh, last week. How you been doing, man? Oh, been doing all right. Yeah. Like you said, nostalgia is a driving force. I mean, it just, just takes you back to a better time in your life. From I mean, as a child, no worries. All you had to do was, you know, get up on Saturday mornings, eat cereal and watch cartoons. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I think we all, we all enjoyed those times and something about talking about some of these things just takes us right back. I've, I've been in a really nostalgic mood. I don't remember if I said it last week or not, but you know, you and I, you and I growing up, we, we played a lot of basketball in my house. And so, uh, we got a new basketball goal here where I live now. And man, that has taken me back to all those, all those days and all those nights where we were just out messing around, having fun, you know? So, so now, now I'm listening to stuff from the mid to late nineties, you know, on Spotify. It's just, it's just really taking me back. So I guess I'm the same as everyone else. Oh yeah. My, my Spotify doesn't come off of nineties music. I don't know why it took me, took me so long to kind of find that, but, uh, uh, really, I don't know. I got in a mood for it one day and now, you know, I've created my own huge playlist with like, you know, seven hours of music or something. So, and you're asking yourself, why did I ever leave? That's right. That's right. Like, man, this is a good stuff. You know, now, now I guess I know how, you know, our dads felt, you know, when they said, you know, no, here's the good music, you know, from when they were growing up. And now, now that we're older, you know, in our late thirties, we kind of think the same thing about our music. Now, some of it wasn't some, of, you know, my kids the other day heard uh, who let the dogs out. And I felt like I should apologize to the world for allowing that to, you know, be there again. But. <laughs> oh, oh no, I, I've, I was at work and the, uh, the Macarena starts playing. So that, that's even worse than who let the dogs out, in my opinion. Nah, that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. I remember, remember, unfortunately, I remember when that was hot. I remember when, you know, Yankee Stadium was doing that. And it was like the most, what was it, the biggest, you know, dance that everybody did together or whatever. That was, it was such a weird time. We're, we're sorry, world. That mullets, you know, we, <laughs> I thought we killed that. Did we not kill the mullet? Oh, no, no. That, I don't think the mullet will ever die. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't appear so now I, I've, I've been trying to dish out information to kids, you know, seems to be kids right now, you know, uh, in senior high, you know, Hey, you'll regret this. Go ahead and cut it off. You know, they're not, they're not trying to hear that from me. No, you know, no. it's, it's no. their life. They want to live it. I mean, it, everything that's old is new again. I mean, you take a look back at our day, you know, the, some people were wearing bell-bottom jeans and stuff like that. And, you know, that harkened back to when our parents were in high school. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's crazy how those things just kind of cycle. You know, some things are okay, you know, um, but then others like, you know, I thought, you know, I thought we were, I thought, I thought Billy Ray Cyrus kind of, you know, ended the mullet for us, but apparently not. Like you said, it, it can't die. Well, man, I've, I've got a quick story for you. And those of you who know us may, we have, uh, have kids and, and everything, but I have, I have two boys, Jamie, how many kids do you have? I have five. You've got five. You've got a house full. Well, my two boys, boys, and I'm sure you, <laughs> and they're all boys. Yeah. Well, then you can definitely relate to this. My kids love anything poot related. <laughs> and for whatever reason, uh, I think they can do it on command. And so my, you know, my wife is outnumbered. There's three of us in the house and the kids are always doing this. Anyway, we're, we're laying in bed tonight, 
you know, trying to, uh, trying to help them wind down. We're saying our prayers and all this. And so it, it's kind of serious, you know, we're all quiet and I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old and the three-year-old, I look up, I just open my eyes for a second and we're kind of sitting in a circle and all I see is his rear end in the air and he just lets one rip in the middle of my wife praying. And, you know, I, I'm mature enough, Jamie, I promise, to not laugh. But my six-year-old is laying on his stomach, head shoved in the covers, and he is shaking violently. Now, he is quiet because he's got his mouth shoved in the, in the covers, but he is shaking violently against, like he's leaned up against me. And so then I, then I lose it. <laughs> so it's just like, what is going on here? But, uh, but yeah, that's our night. We are, we are normal people. And, um, this, this is unfortunately a regular occurrence for us. <laughs> that, that mental image has me, me shaking violently from laughter. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, it's just living here. Just living life is, uh, brings all kinds of fun and surprises. That's what, you know, when, when people tell you, you know, kids are one of the hardest things you'll ever do, but it's, uh, you know, some of the most fun, some of the most exciting and then there's poots, you know, <laughs> however they fit in there. Kind of kind of brings back me and my wife were out driving around the other day. Um, we just have the younger two with us. Um, and she says something and I can't remember what she says, but it, it was like, you know, something completely unrelated to what she was talking about. She said something like, I don't know, like she said duty or something. And I chuckled and she just looks at me. What are you, 12? Pretty much. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah luckily luckily we didn't have your sister on the podcast you would definitely say that and poor thing talking about uh talking about rachel we would uh i bet she's got some stories if we want to bring her on here and 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 she tell about our our adolescent <laughs> years uh that might be uh well we might not want that would we no no definitely don't want that well we've uh we've gotten some news here just today uh, which is what's fantastic for me. Uh, but, and I didn't even know it right before we started this podcast, you said major league baseball finally agreed to start the season. Now it looks like baseball is going to start out. They're going to, uh, I think come to camp July 1st. And what yes. was it? July 23rd, 24th have the, have the opening day. Yes. That's what they're looking at. Um, barring any other unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the only other uh, changes we're going to have, you know, normally a, a season is 162 games this year. We'll have 60. And what'd you say? 10, uh, 10 playoff yeah, teams, 10 playoff teams, just like normal. Um, the only other big role I was able to just see was, um, you actually mentioned it was about the, uh, the start of extra innings at the beginning of each half inning. Uh, they were going to have a runner on second base. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's some people are calling that the the minor league rule because I, I guess that that's how they do it in the minor leagues. But they're they're trying not to extend these games. They're you know trying to keep them compact and get the games in because we all want to see games. We all want to see sports. I don't even have to go. I, I probably won't go to a game with all you know the COVID stuff. Man, I just want to see it on uh, on TV and start rooting rooting for someone because you know you and I. <laughs> We, we've been sitting here and we've been talking about baseball cards and, you know, back in the, the 90s, we talked about Sosa and McGuire and man, that, that's got me fired up. And then there's there's nothing to to watch on TV. So uh, what what we've done is really look back into uh, our old favorite baseball movies. And uh, one of those for me uh, just happens to be celebrating its 27th year anniversary on July 7th. So coming up next week. Uh, 27 years it's been since the release of Rookie of the Year. Man, that was that was a big part of my childhood, Jamie. Uh, oh yeah, I think I think for you as well, right? Oh yeah, we were we were in that age demographic. We were 10 years old at the time, so I mean, 10 to 12, you know, played little league, and I mean, it was all everybody's dream to play in the major leagues. I mean, that's basically what this story took every little league's dream and made it a reality. Oh, absolutely. Well, 
you know, as I was, I was rewatching it, watching it the other night and I was thinking, you know, this is one of those, um, this is one of those movies, you know, I like to talk about, I think everybody kind of likes to talk about, you know, what is your favorite, if you could pick a superpower, what would it be? And, you know, you know, we have, we talk about Superman and we talk about, you know, modern Marvel stuff. You talk about Dr. Strange and, you know, flying or, or just all of these awesome superpowers, but rookie of the, of the year really gave you this thought that, you know what, if I break my shoulder, I might come out of it and play for the Cubs. Unfortunately, it does not work that way. <laughs> well, it did for him, you know, the, for him. in the, in the movie, the, the funny thing was, is, is the way they shot those scenes when he hurt himself. And then at the end where he re-hurts himself and loses the power, he's not actually hurt, but he falls over that baseball, Jamie. I'm pretty sure he went 15 feet in the air somehow. That's a, that's movie magic for you right there. (laughs) Well, you know, and it's, it seems like, you know, the first time, first time he does it, it's to, it's, it's because he's impressing a girl. And I think we can all relate to that. (laughs) We can do some dumb things. Uh, trying to impress women, right? Oh yes, that's that's, that's in our nature. <laughs> just, that's just how we how we operate. Well, I texted you the other day saying I was I was going to watch Rookie of the Year, and uh, the first thing you said was funky butt funky loving. Funky butt loving. That's right. Yeah, that's, I, I couldn't that's remember twelve year old mentality coming out again. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's you know that's I couldn't remember where the quote was from in the movie until I rewatched it and saw, you know, where he hit the doctor in the nose, you know, and everything. But man, that was, that was just a good time. I, it was, you know, a PG movie. You, you, like you said, we were about that age, uh, 10 or 11. And, uh, and, and so we were playing around the time of, you know, the movie portraying Henry Rowan Gardner. And so, you know, going back and watching it again, just part of that nostalgia. I didn't realize that the movie, uh, you know, I knew Daniel Stern was in the movie. I didn't realize he directed it. Yeah, he, that is a nice little fact. Uh, yeah, he directed that movie. Yeah, well, it's he was he was Marv in Home Alone, right? Yes, Harry and Marv, I believe. Okay, well, okay, he was one. Yeah, he was he was he was one of those guys. Yeah, uh, but uh, anyway, he was uh, yeah from one of the criminals in, in Home Alone to to making this or directing this movie, which was fantastic. I just, man, it, it took me back. And then of course, you know, you start thinking, well, what are, what are our favorite, you know, uh, summer movies or baseball movies. And just, uh, before we, before I ask you about yours, uh, I just want to follow up on something we talked about last, last week. And that is, uh, you said, I've got to watch 61. And so I did, I did, I was good and I did my homework. And you're right. It was a really good movie. And this, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, the 61 is about 1961 when Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's record. And this was, you know, <laughs> I'll say this, you know, I like a lot of these movies because, you know, they make me laugh or, you know, stuff like that. I really like, I really like comedies and, and you know, good lighthearted stuff, but 61 really took you through, uh, just the life of Roger Maris in that season and how difficult and how pressure filled, you know, uh, his life was during this thing. You, you mentioned some things that, you know, he wasn't in a lot of people's eyes a real Yankee because that was his first year there. And so you, you're sharing a team with Mickey Mantle, the Mickey Mantle. And, and people are saying, you know, if anybody's going to break this record, it needs to be Mickey. He's a, he's a Yankee. And so you have, you know, you want a Yankee to break the Yankees, record in Babe Ruth. Uh, but you want a real Yankee. You want a guy. And I think Mantle had been there, what, eight or 10 years at that point. And so, yeah. you know, you wanted, you wanted this to happen for Mantle, but, uh, Roger Maris ends up having, uh, the bigger season. And, uh, we said last week, you know, there was a, uh, one of those little oddball things in there was, this was the first year, uh, that the length of the season had changed. And it, it turns out as I looked at it, it did go from 154 to 162 in that in that year, and okay. as we talked about, you know, we love our statistics in baseball, and I think I think it's legitimate for people to, you know, question 
should he have the single season record if he does if he has more games, more chances to break it? Uh, but the problem for Maris really was it was just all rolled into one that people didn't want him to succeed. And then when he breaks it, he breaks it on uh, the last day. So it was game 162, whereas Ruth only had 154. And so it was just all um, just all on him at once. And I, I felt bad for the guy, Jamie. <laughs> that was I'm glad you asked me to, to watch that. But, man, I felt bad for him. It was just everything at once for him. And just, man, I don't know, just. I just had some empathy for him because it didn't seem, at least the way the movie portrayed him, he couldn't he couldn't win in anything he did. I, I haven't looked up to see how many of these scenarios they let out in the movie were actually true. In the movie, you see a guy show up and uh, want his autograph, and he says, "Roger, just just put your X on this ball for my kid who's sick." And he's like, "Okay, absolutely." And so he writes an X on the ball. And the guy runs down about 20 feet and comes back out and starts yelling at him, saying, you know, how could you do this to my kid? All you want to do is write an X. And so uh, I, I didn't, man, it, it was it was it was a good movie, but it was also hard because I, I felt for him. What I mean, you said you liked the movie a lot. What you what you take from it? What do you like about it? Oh, it's just the, the story. The, I mean, seeing in inside behind the scenes of how this affected this man, you know, like you said, you know, guy runs up to him, puts an X, you know, ask him, Hey, put your X on the ball. And he puts an X on it. And God just grabs it and basically takes off running. And he's like trying to stop him, you know, cause he's, he's like, you know, just joking around with the guy or so he thought. And of course, and like you said, the guy was like, start yelling at him and, Telling him he's he's never going to be the babe and he shouldn't break the babe's record and you know this that and other, right? And, and like you said, the babe is such a big character within the you know the realm of Major League Baseball. I mean, even today, I mean that was in the '60s, but even today, I mean Babe Ruth, you want to you know he's going to end up in any list you talk about you know greatest ball players, and so it was just it was just one thing after the other. Right. Yeah, he 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 couldn't win for losing is what what I'd like to say. Yeah, yeah, and you felt I, I felt bad for him because he didn't seem it didn't seem like he had the personality to like we talked about Sosa and McGuire last week and really their you know their ability to connect with fans and to you know Sosa's uh, Sosa especially is Sosa way more than McGuire but just to be out there having fun they kept talking about how Maris wouldn't speak and it didn't look like he had fun. They made fun of, you know, how they thought he would react when he actually hit 62 or 61. And, uh, it's just like, yeah, I hit it today or something, you know, something low key. Right. But he just, yeah, it's just like, it seemed like a man that wasn't, uh, wasn't built for that moment. And honestly, I mean, he, he didn't have the personality that Mantle had Mantle, you know, he was the face of that franchise. He was, you know, the best player on that ball, ball team. And, you know, Maris was brought in to help that team win. And uh, just the fact that they were in a home run chase for a little while, you know, before uh, Mantle got hurt, uh, brought a lot of excitement, you know, and he could play, he could play off Mickey, you know, like, oh, you know, when they were in the race together, he could, you know, they could play off of one eight, one another, you know, and, but when Mickey went hurt or got hurt, that's when it really started taking a toll on him. Right. Yeah. That was, I thought, I thought they did a good job in the movie of just kind of making him human. You know, a lot of these guys, especially guys that we didn't get to see play. It's, it's hard to, hard to understand what they were like or what they went through or anything like that. And, uh, Man, they did a good job of of just humanizing him and making me empathize with the guy. But uh, uh, but anyway, that, that kind of got us thinking about all right. Well, what you know, we talked about rookie of the year with its twenty seventh anniversary, and I did my homework and watched sixty one. But what are your what are our favorite baseball movies, Jamie? How about you? Well, first and foremost, you've any 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 list 
when you throw out baseball movies, you, you got to have the Sandlot on there. That's right. That is like, that is, that is probably my go when it comes to baseball movies. And I know a lot of people mm. are like, oh, Field of Dreams, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the quintessential baseball movie. But to me, Sandlot, you know, it's that nostalgia reason. It's playing ball as a kid. Whether the games meant anything or not, whether it was just you and a few of your buddies just out at the park hitting balls and, you know, whatnot, like we used to do. You know, that's, to me, that's, that is my favorite baseball movie. Has to be mm. Sandlot. Yeah, I, I watched that this this week too. I actually watched it last night and had had my kids watch it. I, uh, you know, you're right. We did that, and and some of us guys did it. Uh, we called our our baseball field down in you know at our city park, the Sandlot, and we were there for like a week. But uh, uh, then we then it was hot. You know, it's Arkansas. It's it's too hot. Uh, but uh, I had my uh, my six year old watching with me, and I forgot how much they dramatized. You know, uh, the beast. You know, uh, my son thought that maybe it was a lion or a tiger behind that fence, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was funny that, uh, you know, he finally works it out and, and Hercules becomes, you know, this mascot for them. So you're right that, that, <laughs> and the, and the part about, again, trying to impress a girl, you know, there's Wendy Peppercorn being the lifeguard and, uh, and what a what a what an attempt to uh, to get a girl, which ultimately worked out, you know, as as, as they uh, say in the end of the movie that, you know, that he married Wendy Peppercorn. They had nine kids. What a amazing thing. You, sometimes you just got to take that leap. That's right. Shoot your shot. That's right. All right. Well, what, you talked about the Sandlot. We talked about Rookie of the Year. What else? What else is on that list for you? Well. I'm going. I'm, I, w- I would have to go with a another Kevin Costner baseball movie. I know he's got like five of them. It seems like, but uh, I'd have to go with Bull Durham. Oh man, that that has been so long since I've seen that. I mean, it's it's not age appropriate. You know, it's not. I wouldn't necessarily classify it as a family film. But I mean, if you gotcha. got some older kids, it's like. They'll be all right. <laughs> I got you. Well, I'll I'll throw one in the mix uh, as we talk about favorite movies, and, and mine was Major League Two. That's got to be on that list. <laughs> you know, Major Major League One was okay, but Major League Two was like that. That was the the funniest, the the most fun watch for me out of that out of that series. <laughs> to me, I'm I'm just the opposite. I would go with Major League One. Ah, we'll see. There you go. But I mean, Major League Two did have the addition of a uh, Randy Quaid mm-hmm. yelling it. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. From the stands, that, that, that helped make the movie. Yeah, let's, it did. It did. Let's bulldoze this thing, make this thing into a parking lot. That's right. And what's funny is they they were doing that. That was the old <laughs> Cleveland Cleveland Stadium that you know they were fixing the bulldoze. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> That's funny. I, bl- I believe I believe it was about the time that they were getting a new stadium. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's to to me. That's that's one of those that has to be on the list. It was just so many quotable lines. You know, uh, look at the scoreboard now, Grasshopper uh, from Serrano <laughs> and, and, and Bob Euchre. Oh yeah, Bob Euchre. You know that. <laughs> you know the, the Bob did such a good job, and then. Uh, back with rookie of the year, you know, you had John Candy, right? <laughs> and the the quote I remember from him, you know, Henry comes in and you know has what a uh, couple of back to back saves, and he says, "With that, with that, the Cubs open up their longest winning streak of the season, two. Now somehow they made the playoffs after that, but uh, but uh, that was just a good line, and like you said, Euchre was fantastic." The baseball logic in uh, Rookie of the Year is a little bit flawed because I know at the end of the season they were playing the Mets and whoever won won the division, and then they're like, "Whoever wins goes to the World Series." Well, you I forgot about well. the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What?" Well, I didn't know if they were if they were saying, 
I actually didn't know what they were saying. I thought, what? <laughs> well, this was before. Yeah, and, then, and then he has a World Series ring somehow. Right. Uh, I'm not sure who was pitching for him if they won a World Series because. Right, because they threw, didn't have anybody. <laughs> yeah, the Rockets gone. <laughs> Rockets gone. Uh, Daniel Stearns probably locked himself in some other contraption, you know, <laughs> and uh, right. so the pitching coach is unavailable. And, and <laughs> then you've got Henry who's re-hurt his shoulder, which is taking away his. 101 mile an hour fastball. Unless he throws nothing but floaters. That's right. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think that's a one time thing there. Um is is what's his name? Hado or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Crying like a baby on the field. Well, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh a lot <laughs> of fun with that movie. And one thing one other thing I did notice about that movie, the the first baseman, the guy who played the first baseman for the Cubs. Is uh, the janitor from Scrub. Oh, I didn't realize that. Huh? <laughs> well, the only other thing, like you said, the baseball logic, when they did the hidden ball trick at the end, I'm pretty sure he was standing on the mound. Don't you have to be off the mound or off the rubber only? Uh, Don't get me into that, that, that detail of rules. Okay. I, I couldn't tell you one way or the other. Okay. Okay. Well, it's probably just one of those things, but... Any other baseball uh, movies that, that come to mind that you you just enjoy watching? Oh, uh, League of Their Own. I mean, that's a talk about quotable lines. You know, there's there's so many in that one as well. Hmm. You know, everybody's favorite. There's no crying in baseball. There's <laughs> no crying in baseball. That's right. Tom Hanks. <laughs> well, that's uh. Man, there, there's so many good movies and, and things I haven't thought about in forever. Black Rookie of the Year. And by the way, we've talked a lot about that movie, but if you've got Disney Plus, it's on there. So, And so is The Sandlot. And so is The Sandlot. That's right. Yeah, I found both of those on Disney Plus. So you can go check those out if you have that and uh, relive of uh, you know part of your past, part of the, the early to mid-90s. And uh, man, I just... I just enjoyed it because, you know, I always wanted to, I was going to hurt myself and I did. I had a shoulder surgery, but it was in college. Yeah. I didn't come out of that throwing 101 or 103. So it was, it was all I could do to, you know, change gears in my truck. So. Yeah. I I broke my left arm and, you know, nothing came from that either. So. Well, I don't remember what he said on there that stuff had fused or the humorous. (laughs) I don't remember what, what the thing he said was, but. Like, can we, can we try that at least? Can we staple it up a little higher than it needs to be? Or, you know, let's do something. Uh, you know, that, that 101 would be real good right now. I see you go into your doctor and be like, doc, look, have you seen the movie rookie of the year? I need that to happen. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, somebody's done that, right? Somebody has asked oh, that I'm question. Sure. I am sure. It's not just, it's not just us thinking that way. I know. Someone has asked their doctor, you know, probably around the mid nineties, is this possible? Can, can my kid, you know, I bust my kid all over the, all over the state, you know, to play baseball. Is there any way we can, you know, give a little extra juice? Can, can, can we make this thing go along a little quicker? Can we just get him to the big leagues? That's right. Yeah. Straight to the pros. I mean, can you play high school ball after that? I mean, I don't understand how that works, but he's already been a professional. I think. You could probably play high school, but uh, college would, might be a little different. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, can't have any any paid players there. And well, he he may not have ever gotten money. You know, his stepdad or whoever that guy was, his mom's boyfriend, <laughs> tried to sell him to the Yankees, but we never we never saw how much he got or if he got anything. Uh, I just know the one guy got a uh, got put in the nosebleed selling hot dogs. That was hilarious. Yeah. I'll be right with you after I handle this problem right here. Right. Yeah, my, my son liked that because he, you know, six years old and you wonder how much they're, they're catching on to, you know, jokes and stuff. And as soon as that, that owner said that my son says, yeah, he's talking about you. <laughs> and so, but between that and Daniel Stern getting stuck in the, uh, between the doors in the hotel and in the, in the cage downstairs, <laughs> You know, that, that made the movie for him. So it was, it was fun for all of us. <laughs> Daniel Stern has some pretty good moments in that movie. You know, the, the whole hot ice 
speeches. Hot, yeah, hot ice. Let the big dog eat while he's in the <laughs> bat cage and fouling, fouling three off his head. And while he's stuck between that uh, uh, those doors in the hotel room, that little help, little help now. I just, I just crack it, man. It just took me back. All right. Well, we've we've talked about that. We've talked about several of our our favorite baseball movies. We'd love to hear what you guys, uh, uh, what you watch, what you know, your go to favorite baseball movie would be because we're we're stuck here in the uh, the middle of summer june's almost gone people it is almost gone you know we we talked about sosa and mcguire being at the all-star break we would almost be to the all-star break right and so we're we need something to something to talk about so let us know what your your favorite baseball movie is and um heck it may be one we've just forgotten jamie you, you talked about uh field of dreams we we didn't really touch on that but uh you know, Field of Dreams is a good movie, but I, these others just kind of are over it for me. To me, Field of Dreams is a is an excellent movie, but it's not a what I would classify as a just a straight baseball movie. You know, it's more mm-hmm. of a family and a man's journey and the lengths he would go to have that that one one more moment. Right, right. Yeah, you, you definitely get get some tugs at the heartstrings for that, and uh, you know people coming out of that that corn. <laughs> but, uh, but you're right. I mean, it, it is more of a more of a journey, a personal journey, and um, yeah, and that's that's uh, I would say that would be a big part of of why I wouldn't put it on my li- not at least on the top of it. But uh, these others are more more baseball centric, I guess. And for baseball fan, you know that's that's what I want. Right. Right. Yeah. If, if- we could probably do a whole show on just baseball movies. Cause I mean, there's, I got to thinking about it today and I'm like, well, there's this movie and then there's also this movie. And man, I forgot about this movie. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's some, there's so many good movies. Uh, just looking at, uh, when I, when I was looking up rookie of the year and looking up all the stats and stuff, and of course, you know, box office and all that and just pales in comparison to, to stuff that comes out today. But we're talking about what, 27 years ago. Uh, but there, there are just some some funny movies that came out around that time. Um, we won't talk about them all today, but uh, that time was uh, uh, some pretty good movies that have have stood the test of time. So, um, just a lot of fun thinking about those, and uh, I'll go back and watch some more. I think there was another one I was going to go watch. That's not coming to me right now, though. But uh, all right, so those are our favorite baseball movies, or the ones that we put on our list for today. Uh, what would yours be? So, Jamie, we're we're stuck here, middle of the summer. It's hot. Um, not a whole lot to do, but we are in Arkansas. We are in the natural state. And for those of you, uh, many of you know, if you're listening to this right now, within a short time of us putting it out, you're probably from Arkansas. But here in Arkansas, we have a very unique feature um, very close to us over in Murfreesboro. There is a diamond mine. I think the only one in the world where you can pay your money, go in there, use your tools. Uh, you have to uh, you know, do hand tools. You can't bring machines or anything like that. But you can go into a diamond mine, dig, and if you find a diamond, it's yours. Now, Jamie, you were telling me you took the family this morning, and that was, I think, shortly before a torrential uh, rainfall, which you're supposed to go after those, Jamie, not before. But how did how did you trip out to the diamond mine? Go well. It was first of all, it was it was very wet, but uh, you know, it rained day before, um, and we were checking the weather, and we knew there was a chance of rain, but everything we were was showing was you know maybe an hour or two, and then we'll be good for the rest of the day. Well, apparently, Mother Nature had a uh, had a different idea. Um, about we got there about eight o'clock and we were digging about nine thirty. I just you know I happened to look at my phone and you know I got a little weather alert said rain will begin at ten thirty. It's like okay, or no rain will begin at eleven. So I was thinking okay about ten thirty we need to wrap this up and head back to the car and you know we'll sit in the car and we'll we'll eat our lunch you know because. From about 11 to 1 was when it was supposed to be the bad rain. And got my wife and we talked about it. And, you know, that's what we 
the the plan we had uh, formulated, and that's what we were going to do. About nine forty-five, start seeing the clouds roll in. So she's like, "Okay." Got all the kids, and we were trying to get them all up a little sifting station where the water is, where you can sift through your dirt, check for diamonds and whatnot. And no more than we got just about everybody up there. Here it comes rolling in. And I mean, it rolled in fast. And it's a good. Oh, it was probably. It's a good ways to the 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 little pavilion there where there's cover from the water, the little sifting station. So we're about halfway down there. We're chuck trucking it, trying to, of course, I've got a, I'm pulling a wagon and holding a toddler's hand and uh, trying to keep up with everybody. And well, here comes the rain and it bottom falls out. I, I just reach down and I snatch up the three-year-old and just start trucking the best I can. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. Not only, I don't think it was hell, but it felt like hell. Started pelting yeah. me on the back uh-huh. as, I'm, as, as we're running to the, the pavilion to, for, a, for cover and shelter. So yeah, oh, it was a very, goodness. very eventful day. <laughs> well, if you've never been out to the diamond mine and, and for those of you who live local, you know, a lot of us took uh, school trips out there uh, just to, just because it's such a, uh, just a unique, unique thing. But uh, um, for those of you who haven't seen it, you know, you think about a diamond mine, I don't know what comes into your mind, but when I was younger, when I thought of diamond mine, I thought we're going to be in some kind of cave, you know, it's going to be, it'll be kind of cool. You know, and, and we'll get out there and I'll, I'll find something. Well, the diamond mine is actually just a field. It is a plowed field with little to no shade. And for whatever reason, um, like Jamie did this morning, we always want to go in the summer when <laughs> at least I have when it's uh, uncomfortable is a is an understatement. Uh, but it's so unique that people come from all over to come dig in this open plowed field to to find diamonds and all you have to do is hit Google to, uh, to see, you know, uh, different, different finds and found huge diamonds out there too. Jamie, did your family come away with anything? Uh, nothing of value. <laughs> Except <laughs> Didn't for come up with a lot of Jasper. Uh, yeah. One of the kids had about three or four pieces of Jasper. No, I think that's all I pulled when I went out there. I took, uh, I took one of my friends uh, from Fayetteville one time, came down and we went out there and it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing for them. You know, that you have a picture in your mind and you go to the gift shop and you're, you're, you know, paying for everything. And then you walk out the door and you're like, oh, but you know, everybody should go. Everybody should do it. And like I said, people come and they stay just fine, just to find that diamond, to find that, that one thing. Uh, and right. you should go, but it's for me, for me, it's always been one of those things where it's like, it sounds like a good idea until I get out there. And I'm like, ah, I don't really need a diamond right now. You know, <laughs> right. How much are diamonds in the gift shop again? Okay. <laughs> That's right. Good. We, we could uh, make this process a lot shorter, a lot easier. <laughs> let's wrap this up. That's that's right. We paid our money. Let's, uh, let's dig in the dirt for a minute and, and, and wrap it up. But yeah, yeah. You know, last time I was out there, if I'm, if I'm thinking correctly, are those washing stations you were at like straight out to the left? This one was like straight down the, the middle. Okay. Uh, so you were, you were a good ways from. Yes. Okay. I think that happened to us one time. And, and the, uh, if you ever read up on the diamond mine, the trick seems to be that you get out there after one of these torrential rains, like I was kidding Jamie about, you get, you know, after one of those, because then, you know, like Jamie's out there trying to uh, run water over his dirt, you know, let mother nature do it for you and let the diamonds be on top. And so that's how a lot of people find diamonds. Uh, And even knowing that, and even living close, I have not gone and used that knowledge. So uh, I think it's like a lot of things. If you live close to a big attraction, you probably don't go there as much as people think. you. So, Right. Well, at least, like you said, at least, at least you went out and made some memories and, um, had some fun for a little while before mother nature said, get out. 
right. Yeah, the kids enjoyed it. Of course, the, you know, the little ones were splashing around in the mud puddles and playing in dirt. You know, what what more could two little boys ask for? Oh, you're exactly right there now. All right. Well, that was well, that was a fun trip. And we want to, uh, as we've talked about on this podcast, what we want to do is bring you things that, that we're fans of that uh, maybe you haven't you know, thought about or experienced or whatever. And we hope to, um, to bring you some of those things. Last week we talked about, uh, for me, it was, um, was the Sonic app and Jamie really liked, uh, uh, some other food apps as well, like Taco Bell and Domino's and, uh, really some awesome things. And I'll, I'll just say that on the Sonic app, I talked about, you know, if you'll just download the free app, uh, you can get some slushies and drinks half off every time you order. Now that's for a limited time, but right now you could just order on the app, go get you a half price slush, half price drink, uh, anytime. And also I got a notification today that before, if you do it before Sunday, uh, you get their new Red Bull slush. So, uh, those are some things that you can take advantage of now, but we want to kind of work into this, you know, what are you a fan of, but we also want to work in some reviews some things that are new to us that we haven't experienced. And uh, this week for me uh, was a drink from KFC. KFC is now carrying uh, exclusively uh, the, a new Mountain Dew flavor called Sweet Lightning. Now, what they say is this, is, this has been developed to go with their chicken. Like this is uh, just for that taste. And so I got it today. I also got a, a regular Mountain Dew as well, just to kind of, you know, sometimes when you go to a place, um, I don't know if it's more water or less syrup or what it is, but sometimes they taste a little different. So I wanted to get a Mountain Dew and then a Mountain Dew Sweet Lightning, kind of compare those. Now, <laughs> what I did, I went ahead and involved the whole family. Like, if I'm going to drink this, you know, we, we all need to do this. So when I tasted Mountain Dew Sweet Lightning... The first thought I had was cough syrup, and that that's not a good thing. My first flavor was like this is a this is some kind of berry that they're trying to mask, you know, cough syrup with, you know, and then uh, it wasn't like an overpowering like you were drinking cough syrup, but there's that, that little bit of flavor. But the aftertaste, Jamie, was kind of like you remember that old um, that fruit stripe gum or something. Uh, <laughs> the gum what, that lasts that all was, of five seconds. Exactly. That's, and I, I'm sorry, Mountain Dew and KFC, but that was the, that was the flavor I had left in my mouth was I had just taken, you know, like you said, those first couple of chews into that gum. And so for me, and we're, what we're doing on this is we're saying, are you a fan or is it a flop fan or flop? And for me, it was a flop. Now I wanted to, and some of you may, may enjoy this. I don't know. It was smooth. Uh, it's kind of got an orange color. And, and so, like I said, I, I brought in the whole family with this. And so I get home and I've got a, a six-year-old and a three-year-old, like I mentioned. And so I, my six-year-old, a drink of Mountain Dew, he said, oh, mm, that's good, daddy. And I give him a taste of that and he makes the weirdest face. I said, okay, he didn't, you don't like it. And I did it again just to see, because I don't, you know, sometimes you, it grows on you a little bit. And I tried it again. He didn't like it. Well, I gave, I gave it to my three-year-old just a, just a sip of each. Well, he didn't like either one. I said, well, how's it taste? He said, bad. Okay. All right. We got it. So waited till the wife got home. She comes in and we try that. She makes the same, uh, just weird face. And she says it tastes, she feels like she tastes like mango or some kind of fruit in there like that. And maybe that's where I'm getting like the fruity gum, you know, <laughs> flavor. But, uh, but for me, it was a flop. It's not terrible, but it's not something I'm going to order. I'll just, uh, I'll just order, uh, you know, the regulars, uh, if I want Mountain Dew, I'll just order Mountain Dew. So for me, it was a flop. Jamie, what are you reviewing this week? Well, for my, uh, fan or flop, um, I chose peanut butter lovers cups. I don't know mm. if you've seen these advertised uh, here lately. There's also a chocolate lovers. What they have done is basically the top half of the Reese's cup is now peanut butter. 
Wow. Then you, you still have the peanut butter center and then you have the uh, chocolate on bottom. Now it's not like your peanut butter center. It's more like a, it's more like the chocolate, you know, it's the same consistency as the chocolate, only it's peanut butter. And let me tell you, as a fan of Reese's cups, a fan of peanut butter, a fan of Reese's peanut butter, these I'm definitely a fan of. Um, all I've been able to find them in is the, uh, the king size four pack and well, I'll eat all four in one sitting. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing so, wrong with that. I, I don't. I don't think you're lamenting that it's only the king size you found, right? No, no, no. I'm I'm perfectly okay with only having the king size in that. That is a that is a treat I will overindulge on anytime. Well, that's that's awesome. That's uh, uh tell me the name of it again because I'm I'm going to buy some uh, as well. Reese's Peanut Butter Lovers. Peanut Butter Lovers. Okay. And you said there's also chocolate lovers. Yes, there's. Have you they, have you tried the, the chocolate lovers? Have not tried the chocolate lovers, but that's just because I'm I'm more of a, a I'm more of a peanut butter guy. So, but on the chocolate lovers, you have less peanut butter in the center and more chocolate. Right, I got you. Okay, well, yeah, that does sound good. That's uh, you kind of have me a little envious now from your my my bad sweet lightning. It, experience yeah i did drink it all i mean it wasn't it wasn't terrible but i doubt it was nearly as uh satisfying and enjoyable as, as your your reese's i need to pick better it, it the the sweet lightning sounds like it would be good you know what's this going into mountain dew you know mountain dew you know lightning you know they've kind of always had that theme about them but yeah right yeah well that's that's kind of what i thought and you know, we may get some responses to this that people say, you know, John, you're a moron. This is delicious. But, man, I oh. I just wasn't a fan, and neither was the rest of, of my family. Well, what sold me was your three-year-old say, saying it was bad. Because I don't know about your three-year-old. I You know, I can give my three-year-old, you know, any kind of soda. And he's like, yes, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and that, that's especially true for my three-year-old because my six-year-old was picky coming up. And then my three-year-old, you know, as he's starting to, you know, eat solid foods back in the day, you know, he's, he's getting his fork and getting stuff off of big brother's plate, you know? So he, he just, he's dived <laughs> in, you know, uh, he wants it, you know, he's asking for, uh, I think, I think my mother-in-law introduced him to Dr. Pepper, you know, still haven't completely forgiven her for that, but, um, <laughs> and by the way, wean, you know, wean him off that, give her something, give him something good, you know, not, not nasty Dr. Pepper, but that's another thing for another day. But he just, he likes everything. And uh, when he said it was bad, you're like, yeah, I know it's bad. And and just to tell you a little bit more about him, uh, he's the kid. My Like I said, my oldest son is not like this at all. But, uh, you know, we have to, we had to force my six-year-old to eat stuff, to try new things. You know, he's, he's a little trying to make himself gag over, you know, trying a hamburger or whatever it is we're eating. Well, my three-year-old, He's over there and you just hear, you hear the pitter patter of feet. You know, it's like a, like a little apparition out of the corner of your eye or something like, what's he like? Hold on. What's he doing? You know, and he's going to the kitchen getting stuff. And, uh, one time our neighbor, who is the sweetest lady, she made, um, she makes these like, uh, tea cakes that are just fantastic. Got a little uh, sugar on top. And I mean, it's one of those things you dunk in coffee and, you know, just enjoy yourself. But, uh, so she brings it over. She brings this big plate of cookies over and uh, uh, sits it on the counter. And we, I think it was just us guys here. I think Katie was gone uh, to something. And uh, so we all had a few cookies and he comes over and he says, daddy, um, can I have another cookie? And I said, sure, son, you can have one more. And, or I maybe told him two or something like that. And so he goes off and gets him. Well, he's not really around. Like you just kind of, you know, he's over somewhere. And so finally I, I was watching TV or doing something or playing a game or something. I, I get up and I'm like, I go over and the, the cookie tray that it's on the plate is turned upside down. I thought, Oh no. And so I flip it over and there are no cookies there. And so <laughs> I thought, okay, he's there. Was, there were so many cookies that he has, he has hidden them. 
you know, he's put them somewhere, you know, he's hiding them in his room or something. And, and, uh, uh, it's not like we don't feed him, you know, he just, I don't know. That's where I went. But, uh, <laughs> I said, where are the cookies? He said, daddy, I ate a lot of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so he had in the time, the short time I was over, uh, doing something else. He eats the entire plate, the rest of the cookies. And I, I don't even, I don't even want to guess how many cookies were left. And, uh, and so that's, that's who he is. And another time, I mean, he's just, um, he's just, he just goes for it, I guess. Another time, uh, Katie has made some kind of dessert and he keeps getting into it. Another one of those out of the corner of your eye, you know, you see his hand go up and get something. Well, she's, she starts putting stuff when she makes sweet stuff, she will put it in the microwave to keep it away from him. And, um, and so I thought that was funny, but the next time she made something as she's making it, my three-year-old looks at her and says, mama, don't put that in the microwave. You know, he, he has already got a plan in his mind to eat that. And so, so like you said, man, any kind of sweet stuff, you know, any kind of soda or anything like that, man, he is, he is big time in. And, and so when he didn't like it today, I thought, okay, we, we all four don't like it. That's a, that's a no from us. That's a flop from us. I feel you on the uh, the three year old mine. He's like that with fruit. Like the other day, my wife stopped at a fruit stand and bought about ten peaches. That first night, he had ate three of them. Just and oh, these wow. aren't these weren't small peaches either. These were about the size of a baseball. Um, I believe he ate probably seven of the ten peaches. Oh my goodness. In a matter of like three days, two days, I, he, he, he plowed through. See, don't, the only fruit we've done that with is grapes. Like just can't get enough. Go, goes into oh, the fridge. Yes. We've got one of those, you know, uh, fridges that has the, the gallery door. So up top it's two doors that open wide and then a freezer drawer. Yes. We, we have the exact same style. Yeah, he will pull that freezer drawer out just enough to where he can get a good hold on it and stand up into the fridge and, you know, get whatever he needs. So, uh, and, and again, that's way different for us because our oldest one never did that. He had like a, a healthy fear about him that he was going to hurt himself. And so this one's just like, you know, lock all the cabinets, you know, do all this stuff. They do make fridge locks and we've had to use them. Oh my goodness. See, I didn't even know that. Ours is a, there's a little step stool in our kitchen, but that's for them to wash their hands with. Well, you'll, you'll hear it sliding across the floor and then you'll see the light on the refrigerator come on and you're like, get out of there, door slam shut. And you just hear. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, that's a, that's a funny thing. It's just part of the joys of being a, being a daddy and, uh, you know, when you think about having kids, you know, you have this idealistic view of, of what it's going to be. And then, man, they teach you so many things. And a fridge lock was not on my radar. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I need to invest. I don't know. Um, but uh, as, we, as we wrap up the show today, we, we always are asking the question, what are you a fan of, as we've, as we've mentioned today? And we want to know that. Let us know what you're a fan of and what you want to hear about that might take you back to a different time, a little nostalgic um, uh, memories and things like, but we want to end, we want to end our episode uh, with things we're fans of uh, and just point you to point you to uh, uh, some different things. So Jamie, take it, take it away from here. What are you a fan of this week? Well, I'm actually been a fan of this for a little while now. I just stumbled across this, uh, one day, just going through YouTube, looking at different videos and stuff. I'm into the, uh, I like watching restoration videos. Well, there is this guy in Australia. What are you re- hold on. What are you restoring? Do it. What, what kind of restoration videos? Like restoration of like old tools and stuff like that. You know, just basically so- taking something old and making it look new again. But uh, there's this this guy in Australia. Uh, 
who restores matchbox cars. The little bitty matchbox cars. And the things he does will just blow your mind. Like how he can take a car that pretty much I I seen him take a car that had been through a fire. Like guy didn't know it was in a box and he was burning a bunch of boxes and it was like all the tires were melted and, you know, it was just, it was in rough shape, made it look brand new. So, wow. and, it, and it's all, and it's one of those satisfying, you know, just watching him take basically a piece of junk that we would throw away and restoring it to like new. And if you want to check out the channel, it is called Marty's Matchbox Makeovers. Marty's Matchbox Makeovers. Man, that sounds cool. It uh, it is. It's a, there's a whole community, actually, of die-cast restorations. Some people do Hot Wheels. Some people do Matchbox. Some people do both. But, you know, he's the one that I really got it got me started watching the videos and he's he's good at what he does and he's also he mixes in a little bit of humor of course it's you know corny dad humor so falls right into my style oh yeah yeah mine too (laughs) all right so say that say that name one more time marty's matchbox makeovers Marty's Matchbox Makeovers. Okay, so everybody check that out. If that's the kind of thing you're into, uh, seeing seeing restoration done. You know, every every little thing I've seen like that, uh, um, uh, different shows. So at, uh, I'm trying to remember, like like Pawn Stars, you know, when that was out and really, you know, really popular, you know, when they would buy something and take it to somebody and restore it. And uh, that was cool to see. And a lot of, a lot of shows had sp- uh, spinoffs from that show, right? Yeah one of one of the restoration shows was a spinoff. the The guy he normally used on that on Pawn Stars got his own show for that, and that's kind of where I got got to watching restoration. I was like, oh, okay, you know, just the yeah the tedious workmanship, craftsmanship. It's just it's amazing what some of these people can do. Right? Yeah, and it's. Yeah, and I, I don't know. It's interesting how our, our tastes change over time and we, we get interested in things that maybe we weren't interested in before. But yeah, that's that's one of those satisfying things that maybe I wouldn't do that. But it's, it's sure cool to see somebody like like you said, a kind of a master, you know, at, at his craft doing doing that work. But uh, yeah, that's cool. That's a that's a cool fan thing this week. Now, for for mine, uh, it's going to go along the lines of uh, podcasting. I've, I've already had some questions about uh, what, uh, you know, what kind of equipment are you using? Things like that. And, uh, in, in this thing, and of course anybody can start a podcast fairly easily, fairly cheaply. Uh, and, and most of that information is out on YouTube. And one, one guy I want to point you to, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, you're wondering about the equipment, is it good? Is it bad? Is it the right choice? Go to the YouTube channel podcastage. That's O D. C-A-S-T-A-G-E, podcastage. And that guy will do just <laughs> test after test on a, on a microphone or a stand or a mixer or whatever. So if you really want to know, is this what I want to get into? Look up his channel and look up uh, that microphone you're thinking about buying or whatever else, equipment, cables, you, you name it, really. And uh, he probably has a video on it or may have a video on the on your second option or whatever. So that's that's my uh, what are you a fan of this week is the YouTube channel podcast. So check that out uh, if you're if you're interested in starting a podcast. And I know, uh, Jamie, for us, you know, with the quarantine and everything and everybody's at home trying to figure out what to do. uh, Really, everybody has. Uh, well, tons of people have gotten into, Hey, maybe I, maybe this is the time I should start a podcast. So when you go, uh, to find, uh, that microphone or whatever, it may be sold out. Uh, we had to wait a while and I'm still waiting on equipment to come in. That's supposed to 
uh, be back in stock at the first of July. So um, just just be patient. It'll it'll come. And uh, uh, hey, start your podcast. We we'd love to listen and uh, share share it with us if you do. Uh, we'd love to love to see what you've got going on. All right, that's that's going to be it for our episode this week. We hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for going along on this ride with us as we uh, just share some of these things that, that we love. And, and again, let us know what you love and what you want us to talk about. We'd, uh, we'd love to do that as well. So thank you again for being a part of our community. And we'll see you soon. And don't forget to wash your hands.